thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into your lives. And today we actually have a very special guest uh, from all the way from the Go Coast, I believe is uh, recommended by Karen Smith, one of our other Up for Chat podcasters on the Wellness Couch. Um, we have Diane Viola on the, on the call today, and she's a relationship and family counselor, divorce coach, and family consolation practitioner. She helps individuals, couples, and families, and young people to connect and understand each other, resolve conflicts, and develop strategies and skills to experience more more enriching relationship and a deeper appreciation of, of their ability to give and receive. Welcome to the Wellness Guys show, Diane. Thanks very much, Lauren. Um, Diane, one of the one of the things that I just uh, happened yesterday, I was actually at the Apple Store and uh, I bumped into just for um, a change. Just for a change, yeah, just for a change. <laughs> I waited, waited there for lunch. Just to pop for That's right. I, mi- I missed my Macs a bit too much, so I had to, you know, get my fix. Um, so I was there and I bumped into um, a person that I recognize. I'm like, oh, she looks really familiar, and uh, she was actually a um, uh, a wife of uh, a chiropractic friend of mine. And anyway, so I went up to say hello, and I said, oh, you know, how's this? person and and she goes oh you know uh, we actually uh, separated i'm like oh really i I actually haven't spoken to him for a couple years so i didn't know i said i apologize so one of the things i started to realize a lot of you know a lot happening around the people around my life and and also in clients and patients uh, there's a lot of separation um that's happening at this moment and so i thought you know bringing you on the show would actually kind of help clarify a lot of these issues that you know how do people deal with these situations so diane you know it do you find that more and more people i mean the stat was 50 percent, you know for a long time is that increasing yeah or is that you know going down? Or is it staying steady at fifty percent? Uh, right now, it probably is fairly steady. Uh, there have been times when it's um, it has been decreasing, uh, but certainly uh, at this moment in time, there seems to be a lot of people. I guess there's so many pressures on people right now, uh, and a lot of people are really coming to that point where they're making those tough decisions about whether they're going to stay together or. Or separate. So it seems to be a really uh, crisis moment at this time. Hmm. So, what's the one of the? Th- what do you think the main reason is um, that our people are sort of separating? Is it is it because of just the stress and the pressure of society, or the pressure that's uh, on each other or the family? What 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 is the number? You know, one of the key factors that are involved in a relationship. Look, I think any of the, you know, any and all of the um, stressors that we are living with at this point in time uh, certainly contribute to or place a great challenge on people's relationships. Um, However, there has been for a long time um, the growing understanding of, uh, you know, the quality of relationship that people want to have. And for many people, as they uh, grow and change, um, if they're finding that they're not able to bring that kind of quality into their relationships, then for, for many of them, they are choosing to separate at that point. So it takes some work so, to turn things around. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a really interesting concept, though, and just this whole you know relationship counselling or particularly separation counselling because yeah. so many of our listeners will have gone through a separation at some stage in their lives, and mm-hmm. and it is one of those things, I guess, that there's no you know there's no manual for there's no there's no rule book mm-hmm. you know there's no you know for a lot of people they have no idea really how to deal with that or what to do next or you know so you know how do you work through that how do you help people with that. 
Uh, okay, great question, Brett. Um, you know, I ask I ask a very simple question of people for them to ask of themselves, and that is, um, you know, that they make whatever is the most loving and respectful choice for themselves as to whether or not they stay together or separate. And uh, separation counselling, I believe, is really, really important because so many people, uh, as you just mentioned, Brett, will... Um, you know, go through a separation and perhaps not look at what actually really was going on and then find that they're in another relationship repeating the same patterns. So there are obviously um, many things that can be done and it's really, uh, particularly where there are children involved, I mean, apart from the fact that it's you know, broken heart, <laughs> it's really important to be healed. Um, but, you know, particularly where there are children involved, that it really is important that it be done with mindfulness and, um, uh, you know, that they, people make a conscious parting rather than just get to that point and separate and not learn anything from it. Such a great point. There's a bundle of great points in there. And I'm, <laughs> I I love that approach, Diane, about making it, um, I suppose, a, a positive and excellent outcome for all the parties involved. And I, I went through a separation about mm. what we're now probably 11 years ago. And, uh, and my little boy was two at the time. He's now 13. It was very, very difficult to go through a separation because one, most people don't mm. think that they'll ever have to go through one, right? Do they, Diane? No, like most people right. think that yeah. they're yeah. going to be married. <laughs> it's for better, yep. for worse, rich, for poorer. It's all of those things. And then, every, then it comes upon you. You're going through a separation. You go, oh my gosh, this is not the fairy tale. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But as soon as you've got children involved, it now it's, it's a bigger thing, you know, because it's now not just a parting of the ways. You've actually got someone in your life that you used to spend a different type of time with, but. Yeah. The yeah. but the number one thing now is to make that relationship still excellent, so that it benefits other people. In this case, children, and yeah. um, and and I think the success in a separation comes down to the ability to have the children feel totally loved and nourished and cared for, and at the same mm -hmm. time, the parents getting on and moving on with their life and also being happy. Would you agree yeah. with that? Oh, look, absolutely, Damien. Um... You know, it's that classic thing, and I've always said it to people, that nobody uh, gets married or enters into, you know, into a cohabitation uh, with the intention that it's going to break up. And um, and so it's hard. It is heartbreaking, it's devastating, it's a grieving process, uh, which, by the way, is why I think it's so important for people to have professional support at that time because oftentimes uh, what does happen for people is that in the process of their own grieving, they often don't see what's really going on with their children. Uh, and it's not because they don't care, um, they're just not equipped to deal with it. So, um, but for people who can actually say, look, um, our children are the most important thing here uh, because we have children, even though we're choosing to separate, we are always going to be connected. So we really do need to uh, be mindful about the kind of relationship that we have. And there are many people uh, who do a magnificent job of that. So, Diane, one of the things, like when a couple come to you uh, with their, you know, they want to, go, obviously going through separation, what are some of the first things that you tackle or deal with when you, you know, when they come to speak with you? Uh, I guess, Lawrence, obviously, um, I really like people to understand 
from one another, what has actually brought them to that place? I mean, sometimes people will come in, um, you know, oftentimes uh, one person's very, very clear that they've come to the end of the road, uh, whereas the other person either hasn't wanted to hear that from their partner or they just don't feel that way at all. So it, it really depends on where they're at. For some people, they will actually um, enter into counselling and turn their relationships back around again. Uh, but um, it's really beginning with an understanding of how, how did you get here and what has actually happened uh, so that people get to not walk away from the relationship wondering what happened, which really does happen a lot of the time. And so, Diane, obviously you would see a lot of relationships who've broken up and, and probably a mm. lot of people who do it really well and perhaps a bunch of people who do it quite poorly as well. So <laughs> it, it, it might be worthwhile talking about, I guess, perhaps some of the things people do wrong when they finish a relationship. Like, what are some of the things you see commonly where you know, people could perhaps do it better? Uh, it's a great question, Brett. One of the articles that is, you know, mostly written but not on my side uh, is why people don't go through separation counselling when they are going through a separation. Uh, for a lot of people, they get, they're really concerned, you know, for some people they go, look, it's taken me this long, like I've, you know, put out all of the, um, you know, I've given my partner all the hints or we have done some counselling and it didn't work for us or, you know, uh, whatever it is. And for a lot of people, it's like, it takes a lot to get to that point where they say, that's it, I'm done. And so they will be very fearful. A lot of people don't want to go to counselling at that point because they they think that uh, they might then have to change their mind or go back through that whole process. That's one of the things. I think um, just not... A, a lot of, you know, not understanding the impact that it's actually having on yourself emotionally. So, um, you know, I find that if people aren't dealing with the emotional aspects, then the other aspects of, of going through separation and divorce, such as the legal and the accounting and all of the logistical things about, you know, where you live and when you're seeing the children and parenting plans, um, they tend to suffer because um, everything else is just getting thrown into the mix. So um, to have a really good network of support is really important and to really uh, get support around your emotional well-being at that time, especially so that it's not taken out on the children. And, of course, they're the, they're the things that are the most um, heartbreaking, I suppose. For sure, for sure. Diane, um, would you say that emotion often gets in the way of making a logical decision? Like people actually get very emotional about <laughs> separation. And, 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 oh, and as a result, they don't make good decisions? No, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, that from my, my perspective, it's like, you have two things absolutely juxtaposed to one another uh, at a time when um, you're having to make these major decisions nice. and, you know, you've got a, a lot of the time, you know, you've got people giving you all of their, you know, two bobs worth <laughs> uh, where, um, you know, people are either from anywhere from completely numb, which means all of their, their feelings are completely blocked um, or they're overwhelmed by the feelings so they have to numb them down. Um, to, you know, just completely out of control. And, I mean, most people will say uh, that at this time it's really, you know, people do feel crazy sometimes, you know, the, the, the whole, um, the plethora of emotions. And, you know, again, for people who have children, 
just the thought that you're not going to be able to um, see your kids every day or put them into bed at night or find out what they've done at school today, you know. Yeah. They're, they're really tough things to have to deal with. Big time. So, Diane, look, one of the things that happens, I mean, the people, I guess, who approach you are usually the people that either one or both of them want to kind of have something resolved. I imagine that if both of them yeah. really have nothing to resolve, it probably wouldn't come to someone like yourself. So That's what right. happens in a situation when one of them has already made up their mind, the other yeah. one, um, you know, wants to you know, wants to kind of have the relationship to work, you know, where would your focus be? Like if one person is really, do you, obviously you got to figure out, you know, is this person for real who doesn't want the relationship to go on any further, but where would your focus be? Is it to help the person um, who it wants the relationship to work to kind of accept the situation or deal with the situation or would, how, like what's the step for you in processing that? Yeah. I I mean, I guess, um, you know, I talk about the, being the person to bear witness to the truth and um, and really being able to help people express their own truth to one another so that each of them can hear it. And there are definitely times when people do not want to hear that their partner doesn't want to be with them or do not want to hear that what they've done has actually caused their partner pain. Um, however, you know, we are all human and... <laughs> Um, so it's not always an easy road and certainly not everybody uh, who enters into separation uh, or divorce, you know, coaching or counselling actually goes the whole way. Um, and, of course, that can, can mean that people are just simply coming up, you know, they're kind of butting up against their own um, habits or patterns, relationship patterns that actually do cause problems. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword those times, Lawrence, I'll have to say. And, Diane, do you have any stats around this, like in terms of how prevalent that is now, in terms of like, um, you know, who is it usually leading the, that, you know, who is it usually divorcing who or, you know, like the male <laughs> or female or anything like that? Like is there, yeah. are there stats around that? Yeah, there are. I mean, I don't, I haven't got them on the top of my head at the moment. But The girls would uh, have I you guess... the worst for that, Diane. Girls would be way, way worse than the girls, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually changing, Damien. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a very common statistic was that uh, more often than not, it was the woman who was initiating the breakup and very often they were, uh, you know, kind of, giving the warning signs for about two years and men just weren't hearing that. That's what I was going to say. I just think that most medicines are oblivious to it. (laughs) They don't really, Lawrence, they really don't want to know a lot of the time, do you know? Or because it's, you know, you know what, you know, you know what guys do. It's like, um, there's a problem, we have to fix it. (laughs) That's true. true. I I once got told. They don't know how to fix it. It's like the problem doesn't exist, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I got told by a good friend who's also a relationship counsellor to listen, not fix that's what his advice was. I love that. Yeah, you, you did like that or not? I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's. I mean, that is one of the key problems, of course, between men and women is that women, they just want to talk, mm. <laughs> and men want to do the. We don't need you to fix anything. We just need you to hear it. 
you know? Oh, that's what my wife tells me all the time, actually. When we, yeah, get to yeah. a, when we get to a point of this argument or, you know, discussion, and when I'm trying to fix the problem, she goes, I don't need you to fix it. Just listen to me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, gotcha. Because we just fall into that trap, don't we? We always kind of just get into that trap of wanting to fix it, even though not the intention, but they just want to just voice out their opinion. And once they get it out, the emotion is done and dealt with. And I'm like, oh, okay. Once I figured that out, I would definitely helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, the other side, that I think is beautiful with men is that um, they are so much they they you guys let go so much more quickly than we women do you know um, and I think you know we, we're definitely here to balance one another out that's for sure yeah so Diane obviously that was these sort of concepts I guess were really popularized with the men are from Mars women are from Venus book um, and obviously I've read that and I found it really good I actually heard John Gray speak in the middle of last year and he was fantastic um, yeah. so you know do you have you read that I'm, I'm guessing you probably have and do you agree yeah. with sort of his ideas around that? Oh yeah, some of the basic things definitely. Yeah, I mean, I you know I see patterns occurring between men and women um, quite commonly, and uh, but I think also one of and and I think this is part of what's contributing to where we're at today uh, is that over many many years, um, men and women appear to have kind of lost their place in a way, you know, um, the changes in in how we identify ourselves as men and women and what roles we take on. And uh, to some degree, you know, the old, the idea of, you know, the caveman and the <laughs> those things are still, you know, somewhere hardwired into our being, do you know? So do you mean by that the, you know, the, the male are not as masculine as they used to be and the female role is not as feminine. So whereas feminine, you know, the female role might be taking some of the masculinity in terms of the roles in society. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think, it, yes, in terms of yeah, how we are being in the world, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and certainly uh, for women, I believe, you know, a lot of the time we're exhausted, basically, do you know, um, taking on all of these different roles. But, yes, I mean, there's still this sense that um, that although we want to be standing in our personal power uh, and taking on whatever roles we take, to one degree or another, we still want a man to be strong but gentle uh, and for women to have their gentleness and their strength as well. So we do, you know, we need to have both of those qualities, um, but we tend to... Want we you know we want to kind of be able to lean on one another, um, but feel that there's there is still that strength in a man. And that man. I, I think it sounds like what you talk about is some of the stuff that Steve Bidoff talks about as well in his his books. Sure. Uh, you know, raising boys and raising girls. I think were the titles, and, mm. uh, and is that sort of the similar sort of stuff? Yeah. Look, I mean, I think there's many many people who've written about these things. Uh, for myself, uh, with the work that I do. Uh, in family constellations, how we look at that there is uh, is referred to as the orders of love, so that we understand, um, well, particularly in a in a you know in a marriage or in a partnership, that what really works is that that the partners consider that they are a partnership of equals. So it's obvious respect, uh, and however people identify that. Um, and that there is equal giving and receiving. And that is both within the terms of giving and receiving good things and giving and receiving some of the not-so-good things as well, so that people treat one another 
equally, if, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's let's turn things around a little bit. And we've been talking a lot about separation and divorce. Now, if someone was just yeah. getting into a relationship, or or maybe just you know you had a separation and now you're going to yeah. get into a new relationship, uh, yeah. what are some of the key fundamental principles? Do you think person needs to think about, or at least have discussion with with the next mm. in the next relationship, so that you know, so that this is going to be a stronger one than the previous one. Mm. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, there is one thing, Lawrence, that I've found over the years which will allow a couple to have their relationship work or to be able to work through relationship difficulties, Um, and that is the values. You know, if you have similar values, uh, then and there's a commitment and a desire for the relationship to work, then you can pretty much work through anything. But for people whose values are clearly juxtaposed, then they're really going to have trouble having that relationship work well. Um, you know, a key thing that I that I teach people all the time is that um, the person that they're in relationship with, uh, you know, we're always mirroring things for one another. And, um, you know, a relationship is really about our growth and healing uh, because, you know, pretty much all of us could be on our own, but we're not really going to do a lot of personal growth in that. So people, it, it's really that willingness to work together. And, of course, um, love, respect, trust, uh, open and honest communication and the ability to resolve conflict are really key factors in what make a relationship work well. Um, yeah. so Diane, with regards to values, I think that's a really important point to make is that the values of the two people have to be the same, but that doesn't yep. mean that they, you two have to be exactly the same. No, 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 no. Right? So, no I mean, your, 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 the way that you look at life, um, yeah, so your values, what's important to you, um, you know, and because of course those sorts of things come out when you when you have children and you want to raise them and, and those kinds of things as well. Yeah, I think it's so important because a lot of people think they're just trying to find someone just like them, but oftentimes yeah, no. we find we actually <laughs> find people that are exactly opposite in our oh, strengths yeah. and weaknesses, but our values yeah. are equal in terms of yeah. you know how we rank you know priorities in, in life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's a great saying that you know uh, if you're with someone who if you if you're with someone who um, you both agree on everything, then one of you is superfluous. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Diane, I guess we spoke a bit before about what people do wrong in terms of breaking up and separating in relationships, but what are mm. the things that people do right? Like, what, what would, if you had oh, to yeah. give someone sort of their top three or five tips or whatever it happened to be, you know, mm. what, what should people be looking at doing to, to make it sort of as smooth and painless and, I guess, positive as possible? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's it's certainly possible. And I've had, you know, wonderful opportunities to work with people who have, you know, who have done that. And and, uh, you know, in that process of going through separation, sometimes it's really about just keeping the, you know, having really clear intentions for yourself uh, and can be with your partner as well about how you actually want to go through that so that you can decide up front, you know, we've actually, um, you know, most of what's happened here has been pretty good and we've come to this point where we're able to to see and to make a choice that it's not the most loving and respectful uh, thing for us to do moving forward. Um, but let's let's choose to end this with respect and um, to work together for... Uh, 
a successful completion to the relationship, as well as if they have children, um, really uh, raising those children so that they understand that um, that they're never going to be asked to not have contact with both parents uh, and that there's a real sense of respect for, for one another's parents. I like that. I like that. Diane, I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, um, what is it? Why, why is it such an emotional thing to move on for people? What is it because we have expectation or it, what do you think it is that, uh, that makes it such an emotional thing to be able to move on and just go, yep, yeah, okay, we, we, we haven't made this one work. Let's move on and hopefully the next one we get it right. Mm. This is the kind of uh, flip side of that question, Damien. I I had a a couple with me during the week who um, had been together for a very long time and have been working through their relationship difficulties for, you know, a bit of time as well and, uh, you know, having some beautiful breakthroughs. And the husband said to me, you know, why do you think we've been together all this time? And (laughs) I said, of course, that's not for me to answer. It's something that you have to answer. But um, do you know, it's like that recognition that underneath it is a deep and abiding love i'm not sure damien whether we've come to this place i mean on one hand um we are all growing and changing and evolving much faster than previous generations you know um i'm probably a little older than all of you guys and my parents uh come from a parent a generation which were referred to as a generation of no change. Of course, we're in, living in a time of immense change. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, I mean, there's, we invest so much of ourselves into our relationships, don't we? You know, ultimately, um, the relationship that we have with ourselves and the relationship with our partners and families and the people in our lives... I, I believe are actually the most important things in our lives. So it makes sense to me. And, and in fact, I think you dishonour a relationship by not actually going through the grieving process uh, when it finishes. Hmm. Well, just talking about the, the the next generation, we might, you know, this might be the last question. But you know, hmm. how do you how do you best suggest that we as parents teach our kids about relationships in terms of ensuring that they're going to learn? from, you know, our relationships and how they can become stronger and, mm. you know, better lovers, I guess, in the, in the future? Mm. Mm. It's a great question, Lawrence, and I think that um, our children have a lot of opportunity to learn wonderful things from us because we really, you know, Brett, you just mentioned a few of the writers and authors and teachers out there. Uh, there are actually so many. Um, and, yes, of course, you know, what are your children going to learn about relationship? They're going to learn from the models, the first models that they ever had of what a relationship is, which is their mother and father. Um, You know, I think teaching about respect, teaching about self-love and love of one another, uh, really learning that um, we're human, it's okay to feel, uh, that conflict is okay, it's just how do we deal with it. Also not having such high expectations. You know, I think that we're living in a world that's very artificial in many ways. Um, I do find that a lot of people are putting incredible um, expectations on themselves and their partners um, to have, you know, the perfect scenario. And really a relationship and a family is imperfect 
or, you know, dysfunctional by its very nature, do you know? Um, yeah, does that answer your question? So, so Diane, what are, I guess just before we finish off, because we've only got a couple of minutes yeah. left, but what are the things you think people should be thinking about before they get to that stage? I mean, there's obviously a lot of people listening to this call who are going to be in a relationship. Mm. And yeah. what are the things, you know, I guess perhaps what are the warning signs, but also what are the things they can actually start to do that you've found that really foster a healthy relationship and help them prevent them from getting to that point of breakdown? Mm. Mm. Uh, I think people notice when things don't feel right but a lot of the time they just sweep it under the carpet so I've always been really delighted when a couple will come to me and say look you know it's pretty good but we've just got this little thing um, because that little thing if it's addressed in the early days can really help to prevent things from getting worse so most couples will fight you know, just by default, really, uh, or by the nature of it, because we are meant to be growing and de- and moving from a relationship of that, you know, first early love into developing a mature love. Uh, and that involves going deeper. It involves um, people addressing their own unhealed wounds. You know, people will say, oh, my God, I married my mother or I married my father. Uh, and the reason that we do that is because as adults, we can actually deal with whatever that was that we couldn't deal with as children. So I guess really if you find that um you know, one of the great warning signs is if you can't resolve conflict, if you sweep it under the carpet, if you're not speaking your truth, if you don't feel that you're expressing your feelings, um, if you find yourself talking about your relationship to other people more than you're actually <laughs> uh you know, addressing it with your partner, maybe all of those are warning signs. And not to be so scared because I think a lot of people feel that if they don't know how to sort it out, then there mustn't be a way. But, you know, we get coaching for so many things in life and a relationship, I believe, is in fact the most difficult thing you will ever do it's also usually the most rewarding and challenging but um, to allow themselves to get support and help um, and to understand that there are two elements to that and one is um, that you know you can learn new skills most people come into a relationship and how they deal with conflict uh, or conflict resolution is what they learned from their parents and that can be anywhere from completely shutting down to being you know violent in every way so there are skills that you can learn to do things differently and underneath that anything that's unresolved that needs healing well that can also be addressed so well, to our, um, to, yeah. well, thanks, Diane. Really appreciate that. And to our listeners, if you are looking, for, you know, for a relationship coach or need some help, I think you should go definitely go check out dianeviola.com.au as, as her website. And you can get in contact with her. I think she can Skype you, phone call, and uh, definitely help you no matter where you are. It doesn't really have to be, uh, you know, live. And uh, so, Diane, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, on, and, and joining us on the Wellness Guy Show. Thank you, Lawrence and Damien and Brett. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you. I really appreciated being here tonight. Had fun. Thanks, well, Diane. 
Thanks, Diane. So make sure you guys go, go to our Facebook page and t- tell us about, you know, if you've ever gone through a relationship breakdown or a separation and tell us, you know, how you, what you learned from it. That would be great if you can just go to our The Wellness Guys um, Facebook page or The Wellness Couch Facebook page as well. While you're there, why don't you just like us on Facebook? And uh, number two, share this podcast with your friends and your family and other people that you think that needs a bit of a wellness update. And, of course, Damien loves us to go to iTunes and subscribe to there and leave us a five-star rating because that's what he loves he loves leaving a comment and five-star rings that's how that's all he actually appreciates no four stars only five stars it's so, un- waste your time. <laughs> so until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.